welcome to the Speak by Design podcast, where we study great speakers and great leaders. We study their style, structure, and strategy so you can become a consistently compelling force at work and in life. I'm Stephanie Bickle, your host. I cannot believe we are already at skill number five. Great work. We are. I'm having so much fun. I hope you are having fun. Please let me know how this is, is going for you. We just covered personal brand, and we're going one level deeper into brand, which is, so you have your brand, you have your look. What about contrast and intensity? These are two more things to think about as it relates to your style. Sometimes we spend a whole hour on this with people, contrast and intensity. How can you incorporate more of both of those? So let's go into where did this come from for a moment? There are three leadership tensions, and they are going to sound like opposites. And I'm going to go through each of the three. So the first one is the leader needs to balance strength and vulnerability. Now, that doesn't mean go right in the middle. Because if you go right in the middle, you're going to show up as plain vanilla. And plain vanilla does not signal to other audiences that you are ready for more. So if you're plain vanilla, you look and sound like a number two in an organization, not a number one. The way you show your organization that you are a number one, you are the right person for the top job, you have to have higher contrast and higher intensity. So when I say strength and vulnerability, it is sometimes you come across really strong and sometimes you come across really vulnerable. If you're strong all the time, you'll be perceived as a jerk. If you're vulnerable all the time, you'll be seen as wimpy. The next tension, though, is your ability to fit in and stand out. So fitting in means being more agreeable with people, not going against the grain, and maybe even avoiding conflict, where the opposite of that would be standing out because of your ideas, standing out because you think differently and you behave differently. And sometimes that person looks like they love conflict. If you go straight in the middle, that will feel balanced, but it's not provocative enough. And so fitting in at times is really important to the leader and standing out at times but not hanging out all the time in the middle or on one side. Then the last tension is your ability to use, create close relationships and also your ability to create distance. So sometimes we just call this distance versus intimacy. So how distant you are, the leader has to be distant to some degree in order to focus and to be able to spend enough time thinking about the future. But the leader also benefits from being able to develop close personal relationships with their team members, because when the leader does that, they are able to influence them better. Now, some leaders like distance because they know at any point down the road, they might need to make a tough decision about keeping you or letting you go, counseling you out. So sometimes they keep distance for that reason. I always encourage the leader, look at it differently because if you could get closer to that person, you could likely 
persuade them, motivate them, grow them to develop the capabilities that are lacking today. So usually intimacy for people who like distance is actually the answer and vice versa. People who are so close to their team, often they need to take a break, go into the cave for a little bit and get some time alone. And sometimes you can ask your coworkers, say, how much time do you need alone? Do you prefer to think with a person or, or on your own? Right there alone, we have talked about three different areas of contrast. Can you show both strength and vulnerability? Can you show both fitting in behaviors and standing out behaviors? And which one is harder for you? For some people, it is actually harder to fit in because they think so differently. And other people, it is hard to stand out because they don't like being apart from the crowd. They like the comfort of the team and agreeing with the team. And they don't want the extra attention. That is also some reasons that people choose to fit in more. And then distance versus intimacy. When do you need more distance? When do you need more intimacy with your coworkers? All of that is fun for you to think about. Maybe you have been hanging out on one side of the spectrum too long, and this would be a good time for you to try a different style strategy in that regard. But now I want to talk about how you apply the contrast to your body language and voice. So in your body language, let's go from head placement. We'll go from top to bottom in a way for visuals. So one could be your posture being very upright in the beginning of a meeting and then shifting your posture when you have a difference of opinion. So using your body language, leaning in, leaning to the side, hands in a different position too, your gestures can show contrast as well. So when you are very straight up and down with no tilt, that looks very authoritative to other people. When you tilt your head or lean, that looks more mysterious and also more vulnerable. So there, right there, that's strength versus vulnerability in your body language. Same thing happens in your gestures. When you use karate chops, key point, or even if you were using a fist, that's going to come across as incredibly strong, but an open palm or a heart touch gesture will soften you very fast to the eye. So imagine being somebody who uses a fist and a heart touch in the same meeting, in the same meeting. That's high contrast to your viewers. And they're like, is he a shark? Is he a lamb? I don't know. He does fist gestures. He literally pounded the table a second ago, but now he's touching his heart and tilting his head. (laughs) Yeah. So then movement also plays into this. You can pace through a room while you're talking. You can move around a room. But if you do that the whole meeting, it's too much for people. So think about when you can use stillness as some contrast to your pacing. If you're someone who talks a lot and then all of a sudden you are silent unexpectedly, That unexpected pause is very powerful and grabs attention and focus well. And that's using contrast. You're not talking all the time. Sometimes you are quiet. 
and that's very powerful on audiences. Now let's go look at voice. And for voice, we'll talk about pitch, pace, volume, variety, and weight. So for pitch, if you're always the same pitch and you never go high with people, that is very credible sounding because it's stable. So I don't want to put down the monotone voice. But if you can, for fun, go up at the end or play with your pitch a little bit, a little bit, that does have an effect on the audience. Maybe most of the time you are in that low pitch, 20% of the time, see if you can try a higher pitch. On pacing, same thing. If you're fast, most of the time, 80% of the time, see if you can slow down 20% of the time and vice versa. If you tend to be a slower speaker, find a moment where you can quicken it up, where you can just be a little bit faster than they were expecting and shake up the energy of the room. For variety, if you're someone who already uses a lot of variety, then the opposite would be interesting on you. Can you go to monotone? I'm doing it right now. That would be almost funny on someone like Chris Rock. So if you think of Chris Rock's speech pattern, he's way down here, he's way up here. He's high contrast and he's it's so much contrast that the spectrum of the divide between his low, his low pitch and his high pitch makes us laugh. It makes us laugh every time. But if he's monotone, we laugh as well because we're not used to him being monotone. <laughs> All right, then the weight with which you speak. If you are someone who floats ideas, you float, you suggest, you offer ideas, have a moment where you press the idea. We have to do this this quarter. So I'm pressing those words out of my mouth. Everybody hears that differently. Even if I've said it a million times, the time that I say it with weight will be heard versus just floating all the time. Now, if you're somebody who's really heavy and you sound like Darth Vader almost every day, lighten it up. Have a little moment where you sound like a Smurf and people will laugh. When you get an audience to laugh, you are receiving proof of life. You know they're there. And if it's genuine laughter, not just laughter out of courtesy to the leader who's trying to be funny, but they're laughing because you said something clever. Now you know they're feeling happy and you have created emotion in that room. You have set a tone. Vocal variety is an easy way to get laughter. When Seinfeld went up at the end, when he floated his intonation up, it made us laugh. It made us laugh. All right. So that's something that you have available to you to use as a lever anytime you want to create levity. There is another way to show more contrast in meetings. And this is for whether you're the facilitator or you're an, a participant in a meeting. Ask yourself how much asking and telling you are doing and see if you can balance it. Often we go to meetings and we think, oh, I'm the expert participant in this meeting. So they are going to want me to tell them what to do. But that's not true. They also want to hear good questions and be empowered to think on their own feet too. Anytime you ask a question, you are empowering the other person. So if I ask you, what are you thinking? 
How is this resonating? What would it take for you to consider X, Y, and Z? By my asking you for your thoughts, I am making you feel important and therefore I am empowering you. But if I'm just telling you things all the time and not asking questions like that, it will start to drain the energy of your listener and there's no contrast in that. The contrast is the give and take of asking and telling. Then what about the contrast of how you're persuading? Your most persuasive tools are telling stories and giving data. If you are only telling stories, anecdotes, sharing what other people have said, testimonies, testimonials from other people, that's not balanced enough with data. And we don't know how the other person makes decisions. They may need data more than stories to make decisions. Or you might have somebody who doesn't trust data. But make sure that you're also giving some numbers. And if you're a data person and you love numbers, don't overwhelm them with data. They need a few stories around that data. So take a look at whatever your update is or your presentation that you put together and make sure it is contrasted with both stories and data. And then let's talk about clothing contrast. What I like to do is dress very classically because it is so credible. Wearing a jacket over an underpinning with a pair of slacks or wearing a dress uh, with a jacket on top. That works for me. Then my second question though is how can I be unexpected because what I'm wearing looks very traditional but where can I be edgy and sh- or more playful or bolder, more provocative, where I create some intrigue with a pop of color or an interesting shape of earring or necklace or in a very bold colored shoe? So if I'm wearing all black, can I wear a bright blue shoe and be interesting or one with a pattern? So those are some other ways you can use contrast is not just looking like you're wearing professional camouflage. You know, when you look at somebody and they look like they could blend into a corner because they're wearing browns and it's very natural, but they're not, if it's too natural without any edge, it's not going to stand out and therefore there's no contrast. So even in your style, your clothing, where can you show a degree of contrast? And that could be that one day you're dressed very formal and the next day is more casual with maybe a t-shirt, but a blazer on top of that t-shirt. And you see a lot of people in technology fields and technology functions dressing more like that. That's become so common. The last concept I spent so much time on on contrast, intensity is not as deep. It is just doing all of this at a more intense weight. So with your posture, it is being more purposeful with your movement. So you don't wander around a room. You know exactly where you're walking to and you stop when you get there. You don't sway. There's no excess wiggle in your movement. There, Your gestures, they are stronger. It looks like you're moving your bicep when you make that gesture, when you use the karate chop or an open palm, there's intensity to it. When you look at someone, your eyes look like they're 
boring into the person. When you open your mouth, you're louder than everybody else in the room. And that is the intensity piece that grabs people fast because they say, why is he or she so excited? Why are they moving that way? Why are they using the fist? Why are they banging their elbow on the table? And they think because they're passionate, because this person is so committed, they're excited, they're confident, they're clear. And we get excited when we see speakers who talk that way. So the question to ponder for for this week is where can you add contrast in your visuals? And that is your body language and your image. Where can you add contrast in your vocal style? How can you sound different on maybe the same message you've been saying over and over for the last three months? How can you say it differently so that people hear it differently? Where can you use this in even the way you participate in meetings where maybe you don't talk as much or you talk more? So your talk time percentage goes up. Or instead of leading with the data, you begin that meeting with a story instead. And you ask questions that get people feeling more powerful instead of going in and always being the expert with them. That kind of contrast gets noticed unconsciously fast. I don't think anyone's going to come up to you and say, I noticed you were louder than normal. But what they will say is, you seem different because you will seem so very different and you will be standing out. I was working with a gentleman who was in the window for consideration for partner at his consulting firm. And after we had a session that was all focused on how he was going to present his case for partner, I said, please do these few things before you speak with your evaluator. And I said, Make it your goal in every meeting that you make sure those people know you were there. Get yourself heard. Be louder and then be softer. Smile more and frown more. Have decorations in your office space that highlight something funny or sports and something intellectual so that you're stimulating conversation every time somebody comes into your space. And that funny part, there is an HR leader who put this enormous sign, canvas art in her office that said, be nice. And it was really hard to go into that space and not smile with this gigantic sign reminding you to be nice. <clears throat> Show more of you. Bring more of your weekend into your weekday. How can you talk more about what you did with your friends and family, more of your passions outside of work in your workday? And that is how you use contrast and intensity to stand out. Oh, I get so excited for you all. Please experiment with this, especially when you know that you're being evaluated and considered for the next level or another opportunity, this will help you immensely. This is exactly how you show people you are the obvious choice. It is how you show people you are ready for your next level. 
All right, everyone, go explore contrast and intensity in your next meeting. I can't wait to hear about it. If you've ever wanted to become a great speaker, now is the time. Join me at speakbydesign.com forward slash join and join our monthly coaching program where we work on personal style, message structure, and strategies that help you become the obvious choice and help your ideas get heard and create massive action. Hope to see you there.